Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, um, good evening, everybody. Um, I'm Dr. Jesse Rail, and we're going to talk about conflict resolution. Last week, we talked about agreeing and disagreeing, and... Um, we're going to go a little bit further into conflict resolution. It's one thing to have a disagreement with somebody, um, but it's another thing to actually have a conflict. And a conflict basically is when you need or want something um, to get your needs met. And other person or other people are kind of not agreeing to that, or they may be putting up roadblocks. So, that creates a conflict, and you can have a client conflict with one person or a whole lot of people. And so we'll talk about some ways to resolve these conflicts. Um, conflicts can occur with friends. They can occur with and do occur with family and partners. Um, they can occur with your employer. They can occur with your educational uh, system. Um, they can occur with your city. You know, if you're trying to get pedestrian, audible pedestrian signals and uh, the city is saying, nope, too expensive when we're not doing it. So you can find yourself in conflict without even really intending to, or, you know, you may know that you're probably going to run into a conflict. And there are, there are ways to resolve them. Um, first of all, know what you want, know what the problem is, because when you're talking to somebody about resolving a conflict, you're going to have to be specific. You can't just say, I need accommodations, or I need to be able to cross the street independently. Um, you're going to have to be very specific and let them know what it is you need and why you need it. Um, so you're going to have to really have done a little bit of research and find out what you need, what would, what would help solve the problem that you're having and and identify the problem so you go into the meeting and it's, it's always better to go into um a situation where both of you and and whoever you're in conflict with can actually sit down it's better to do it in a neutral place if you can um when you're dealing with children it's Probably not the best idea to go to their bedroom. You might want to call them out, not into public where all the rest of the family is. And sometimes their bedroom is the only place that you can have a quiet conversation with them. But it's usually better to try to find a neutral place. Now, that's not always possible because, you know, very often when you have conflicts with people, your employers, or your people in education, they want you to come to their office. It's on their turf. But if you can, even a conference room is better than somebody's office. And that usually has to do with just a feeling of, yeah, my office is my office. My bedroom is my bedroom. <laughs> and so if you can, you know, meet maybe in, in the living room or the family room or whatever, or you can meet in a conference room. That might take a little of that my space out of the equation. Um, let the person know that you want to work out the problem. You're not there to fight. You're not there to argue. You're not there to be bigger or better than they are. You want to work out the problem that you have identified 
a problem and you have a couple solutions and you want to to work out the problem. So let them know that either you're willing to listen to them and you would like them to listen to you and you would like to work toward resolution. Go in with the expectation that you are going to get what you want or get some resolution. Um, if you go in with the expectation that, oh, well, this is a waste of time, they're not going to listen to me, they're just going to, you know, stick with the same old, same old, that's probably what's going to happen. And one of the reasons for that is because when you go in with a negative attitude, you project yourself in all the wrong ways. Project yourself negatively. Your tone of voice is not an inviting tone of voice to listen to. And you're probably not going to get very far, except a lot of frustration. And they're going to be frustrated. So go in with the attitude of, you know, I'm going to make some headway out of this. I'm going to get something out of this. And if you don't get anything else out of it, you will get the experience of how can you work better the next time. So you're going to get something out of it. Um, go in with that attitude. Watch your voice tone. A lot of people say that they have difficulty controlling their voice tone, and it's because they have difficulty controlling their emotions. When people feel angry, they usually speak louder, or they might speak more rapidly. Um, they thrust themselves forward, you know, are more likely to get in somebody's face, that type of thing. And your nonverbal, even if you're totally blind, your nonverbal says you are angry. So try to stay calm, try to stay positive, and your voice tone will follow. And your, your nonverbal behavior will follow as well. I know sometimes, you know, when we're, we're blind, and especially totally blind, we kind of worry about is our nonverbal behavior appropriate. And most of the time, your nonverbal behavior is going to be fine as long as you have control of your, your emotions and your thoughts. And what happens to a lot of people is, you know, when, when you have a conflict, you do feel angry or you feel fearful or you feel kind of useless or hopeless, you know. So try to put a positive spin on the whole thing and, and prepare yourself a little bit and, and go into it with more of a positive um, approach because you're going to project yourself more positively, more materially. And you're going to come out of it, you know, better. Um, it's okay if you feel that you're really getting angry, you're really getting, you know, losing your focus. Um, you can ask for a break. Just say, you know, but I think we need a break for five minutes or three minutes or whatever. Don't walk away from the situation. Just take a break. Give each person time to calm down and then come back and revisit it. You don't even have to leave the room. Just you know, kind of be quiet, get your emotions under control, and allow them to do the same thing. Um, you know, a lot of times we think we kind of have the idea that, especially when we're dealing with professionals, well, they should be able to deal with my emotions. Well, even professionals can be intimidated by anger or by sudden movements um, based on their experience. So just because they're a professional, they may not be any more willing to deal with your emotions than you are willing to deal with somebody who's screaming and yelling at you. So yeah, 
got to watch that. <laughs> the next thing to, to pay attention to is use I statements. No, don't say you need to or you will or you have to because they don't have to do anything and they would just go on the defensive. The minute they hear you will, you have to, you should, no, things like that. So use I statements. I need to have access to Braille so that I can access the meeting information. I know that the meeting information is important, and I would like to have access to it the same as my colleagues, instead of, you need to provide this information to me in Braille. There's a, there's a big difference. So be sure that you're using I statements. Um, ask for clarification. You can always say, you know, I'm not sure I understand. Um, I'm not sure whether we are on the same page. Um, it, it, I feel a little confused right now. Things like that. Try to refrain from things like, there's a train on the way, so. Okay. Try to refrain from things like, I respectfully disagree with you. You might feel like you're being respectful, but when you put that word in there, mm, there's a question in the other person's mind of, you know, so try to say, you know, I'm not sure that we understand each other, or I'm not sure that I understand, things like that. Always, always take the high road, be the bigger guy, even if, you know, the, the other guy is way off base, try to be the bigger guy and, um, you know, make make your, your need very clear. Um if you can have supporting information about what it is you're requesting, remember, um, many sighted people have no idea what a Braille sense is, or they don't know what voiceover on an iPhone is. I was talking to somebody today, and he was an IT person. Um, we were on two different pages, which I didn't realize for quite a while, because he thought that I meant voiceover as in you know, those phone systems that use some type of a voiceover thing. He didn't realize that I was talking about the iPhone voiceover on the screen that reads the screen to me. So be sure that you make it real clear what you're talking about, especially when you're talking about adaptive equipment, because they may not understand and they may not know, or they may think that it's it's something that it isn't. So you know, be sure that you have some supporting information. You can even print out something on the web about a Braille sense or what voiceover is or what an audible pedestrian signal is, um, things like that, if you can do that. And sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But, you know, be sure that you are cognitive of, of the fact that they may not even have a clue what you're talking about. Or they may not understand why you can't do what you need to do. Um, we got into the iPhone discussion because um, I couldn't use a communication thing that we're supposed to be using because I can't get it set up because voiceover won't read the prompts. So, <laughs> you know, um, and and it took a little while to, to get that, that across. We did. <clears throat> um, recognize it's always, always, always going to be more difficult to resolve conflicts, especially when they're big, your family or your, your spouse, or your partner, or your, your best friends. And it's going to be more hurtful for both of you. <clears throat> and that's because you have a history together. You have a past together. Your family knows 
how you behaved when you were a child. Your family saw you at your very worst, and they saw you at their very, your very best. And, you know, there's a good probability that so did your best friends or your, your partners, your spouse. And for all the wonderful, wonderful accomplishments that I've made in my life, <clears throat> the, one, the thing that frightens my family the most are the things that they remember that, that were, were bad, that were scary. Now, they remember when I fell down the stairs. They remember when they up-dumped me in a stroller, um, cracked my head when I was a baby. They remember those things. It's not that they're not aware of the fact that, that I've made accomplishments and that I live independently, but what they see is the worst, the worst possibility. So, you know, you may have to really let them know that you really appreciate their concern and their thoughtfulness and, and their caring. However, you need to be free to live your life because you're an adult now. Um, be prepared that when you assert your needs, people may not like it. Um, they may not want to do that because it may cost money or it might inconvenience them in some way or because you're changing, they may have to change. People don't like to change. So just because you're ready for a change doesn't mean they're ready for a change. Um, and, and it might take a little while for you to work through the issue. They may react with anger or resentment, and they might put up all kinds of roadblocks. Um, when I was in my 20s, my mom, and, and it lasted for about 10 years, um, she had this real anxiety when I would want to travel to a convention or to a, a workshop or anywhere out of the home. She was cool with me walking around Martinsburg and that type of thing. But when I would want to travel by myself away, she would put up all kinds of roadblocks and she would tell me about all the plane crashes or all the train crashes or all the car crashes or the bus crashes or, you know, whatever she could. And then if that didn't persuade me not to travel, she would become sick or she would fall. She would do something that is pretty well convinced that I would stay home and, and help her take care of her. And I finally caught on to what the deal was. And so I sat down and I said, Mom, you raised me to be an independent person. And I don't know if you're aware of what happens, but every time I want to go to or express an interest in traveling away, you first of all put up roadblocks, or I feel like you put up roadblocks. And I said, and then somehow you, it, it seems like, you know, you get worked up to the point where you're sick and that you fall. And she said, yeah, that's because I get worried. And I said, you know, I, I get that. Um, I'm sure I would get it more if I had a daughter. However, I need to be free to travel knowing that you are okay, because I can't focus on me being safe if I'm worried about being upset. So we finally compromised. And initially, I had to call her every time I, you know, went from point A to point B, and I got to point C and called her again, point D and called her again. And believe me, I was real happy to get cell phones, because finding pay phones was a real pain until I got my own cell phone. But we finally got to the point that I could call her when I arrived at my destination, and that she she was still anxious. She was still worried, but she wasn't 
so anxious that she was sick or that she had fallen and that type of thing. And it took about 10 years to get there, but we finally did. So, you know, when it's something really big, you might really have to work with uh, your family to prove to them that you can do that, that you will be safe and that you're no different than other people, you know, that the work should happen. (laughs) Things happen to people all the time. Um, beware of people who are just absolutely negative. You know, there are some people who, you know, the world is going to end tomorrow and they know it. And that's just the way it is. And you will never convince them that it's not going to happen. And then if the world doesn't end tomorrow, they'll have a reason why, but it will be a negative reason. So (laughs) beware of people like that. Um, beware of people who shut you down immediately. You know, they don't want to hear what you say. Um, beware of people who use blame or lash out, that type of thing. And you just have to be assertive again and say, I feel like when we have this discussion, you close it off. You shut me down. And it would be helpful if we could simply have the discussion. You can also say, I feel like you're blaming me. Um, I'm not willing to accept that blame. They could correct you. If that's not what they're doing, they can say, no, that's not what I'm doing. And then you can say, okay, what is it? You know, because we have to get through that to get through the the conversation. Um, Once you get close or even part of what you want, express appreciation. You know, I really feel like we've made some headway here and I appreciate you're taking the time to talk to me or I really appreciate your willingness to look into that. Even if you don't get exactly what you want, if you get somewhere, make sure that you express appreciation for that. And I guarantee you when you do, that will make them feel like working with you further to give you a little bit more. Um, Be willing to accept compromise. Like in the situation with my mom, I didn't like having to call her all the time. It was a real pain. But... It was better than the alternative. And I figured that eventually we would get to the point that you know, wouldn't have to call her much at all. And we did. So, and I let her know, Mom, I really appreciate that you were able to be okay with me going to the pilot dog convention or to the ACB convention. Oh, that was big because that was a week. And so I really appreciate that. And I would do something nice with and for her when I got back. Um If you cannot resolve the conflict, if you absolutely need accommodations um, or you're having difficulty with an issue in your your marriage or your family, seek mediation. It can be a friend. It can be a counselor. It can be uh, just about anybody who's willing to work with both of you and help you come to some agreement. Sometimes that can be helpful. Um, if you absolutely cannot resolve it, you know, especially if it's with an employer or an education situation um, and accessibility, you may have to resort to filing a complaint. Don't go into the conflict with, I'm going to file a complaint if you don't do this, because that'll put them on the defensive real quickly. Um, but if it gets to the point where, you know, you've had multiple conversations or several conversations and, and you still can't get it resolved, you may have to file a complaint. Or if it's the case of a family or friend, you may have to decide that either, you know, you are going to move out or 
they have to. Or that you, you can't live together or that you can't spend as much time together. You may have to take a break from each other. Doesn't mean that you have to do it forever, but even even a little while can sometimes cool things down a little bit. But those are the last resorts. You don't want to do that until you actually have to. Um, also, you know, remember the your role. Remember who you are. If you're having a conflict with your child, and especially if the child is, you know, not an, an adult able to take care of themselves, remember, you're the parent. Um, if it's with an employer, remember, they write your paycheck. <laughs> and, you know, you may have to give in a little bit more. If it's with a coworker, you may have to, you know, figure out whether it's worth having a lot of friction between the two of you or what. So we've got to keep in, in mind our role and our rights. But be sure that you are not giving in because you feel like you have to. Because if you do that, then you're going to feel angry, you're going to feel resentful, and you're going to have more conflicts because you're feeling angry and resentful. So, you know, at least reach a point of, of something that, that all of you can, every party can live with. Because that way, you know, you're not going to feel as angry or resentful. And, you know, you can probably think about times in your own life when you've been feeling angry with somebody and then they do something or say something and it's really not that big of a thing, but because you're feeling angry about the first thing, you make it into a bigger thing and it just goes on and on. So try try to walk away feeling okay. So does anybody have any questions or comments or anything that has been helpful to you in resolving conflicts that you'd like to share? I am not seeing any raised hands at the moment, but remember for people that want to raise hands, if you're using a computer, it is Alt-A. Um, for a Mac, it is Command-Shift-A. Um, on your phone, it is in the bottom right-hand corner. There's a More button and you hit that and then it says Raise Hand. And on the phone, it is Star 9. And we do have a couple of raised hands now. Awesome. Um, and so I am going to ask Kevin to please unmute. Hey, hi. There you are. Hello. Um, yeah, it's my first time calling in. I'm from Boston. And I'm just wondering, how do you deal with like, when people, like I've had mostly family members, like, no, like gaslight you, like, they'll say, oh, well, that didn't happen that way, or I don't believe that, or how do you handle that? Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm partially, uh, I'm partially deaf. And uh, can you tell me what was said? <laughs> uh, how do you answer like gaslighting? Like when someone says, "Oh, that didn't happen," or "I don't believe that," or "That's going to happen that way." You're, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Have you found anything that that was helpful to you? Um, no, I, I really haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm just asking you. How do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. No, I'm asking you. Okay, I'm sorry. What was your actual question? I'm, I'm asking you, how do you deal with that gaslighting? Well, um, can you tell me a little bit more about the situation? <laughs> you know, like if, we, like if I tell like a family member that... Yeah. Like if I tell a family member that... What? Where, did you actually get to the point of having a, a discussion, or have you reached that point? Yes. Yes. Like okay. Hey, Jesse, this is Haley. Sorry, I don't mean to interject without raising my hand because it is crackly and I was having a hard time too. So if I'm stepping on any toes, I apologize. But 
It sounds like maybe, Kevin, what you're saying is that what do you do if you approach someone and say, this is, you know, I feel like this, and the person's response to you is, no, that's not what's happening. I'm not doing that. How do you then respond to that situation? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, Jesse. I didn't mean to like. (laughs) No, I appreciate your help. And if you could kind of hear for me, that would be wonderful. (laughs) All right. I got it. Thank you. Um, yeah, so yeah, sometimes you do get that. You know, people will deny or or they'll have a different interpretation of what they think is going on. So then you might say to them, Well, you know, I I don't understand them. So can you tell me how you feel or can you tell me what you want or can you know, whatever. So you might have to ask them more questions to clarify what is going on so that you can get a good understanding of what, what their approach is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because most conflicts that we have honestly are because two people have an agenda and they have not understood the other person. They have not either listened or they have not, uh, you know, for some reason, they're just not connecting with the other person. Kind of like we weren't connecting with you trying to hear you. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just have to make it really clear and, and, and get some clarification as what is going on so that you can so that you can reach what you what you need. OK, um, the next person we have is Julie. Uh, please unmute. First of all, I just want to thank you, Jesse, for doing this. I really have appreciated listening to you. I listen to you every week. I love reading your things on Facebook. I just really think you do a fine job. Thank you very much. My question has to do with sort of what Kevin was saying, but I think a little further. When someone is blatantly lying and you've caught them in various lies, different uh, portions of things are just, they get caught in lies and yet they still are not willing to be truthful. How do you deal with that situation? Well, you may have to take a break from that situation because, uh, you know, they, they're lying for, for whatever reason, probably defending or trying to hide or whatever. Yes. And, and so you may have to decide whether you can continue to have anything to do with that person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you may have to go over if it's um employer or co-worker or something you may have to go over their head you know somebody to to help with that um so it would really depend on who it was and and the situation um but the important thing is and you can even tell them you know what i'm really frustrated because i've caught you in you know, various, various lies. And you, you say this and then you do that or you say this and I find out such and such. And, and so I'm, I'm really frustrated and need to, I need your help on how we can work this out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Feel free to co- confront their behavior. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, the next person we have with a raised hand, which I lied earlier when I was telling you how to raise your hands. I was telling you how to unmute. So I'm awesome like that. Um, to raise your hand is Alt Y. To raise your hand on a Mac is um, 
options. Why? So there's, you know, woohoo, go me. Um, the next person we have is <laughs> 951 area code. Please do unmute yourself and put me out of my misery. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah. this is the first time I've ever heard you. You sound really good. I, I, I wish there was a way I can archive some of your other uh, conversations. But um, that's not my question. My question is, I, I'll keep it simple and short and succinct, but, you know, I, I was desperate. I doesn't excuse my behavior. I was desperate. I was nervous. And I was, I was felt responsible for maybe inadvertently about what happened. I had to find medication. My dog, my guide dog had diarrhea. Anyway, I, I went to my, I called my vet. They, we don't have an appointment until next Wednesday. We can't, we can't give you medication and, and unless we see the dog, you, you go to the emergency room or uh, animal hospital or you could, we can wait. And I said, well, you know, I ought to, re- I ought to report you. This is nasty. And I finally thought, well, I, I know they're short staffed. There's COVID. I, I didn't apologize then because I was so upset. But I usually, I, when I've gone off like that, I've usually, I, I usually apologize soon thereafter. Is that a good thing to do? I, I know I was in a, maybe inappropriate, but I was upset. And I finally got some medication elsewhere for my dog. It worked. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you do have to, and, and it is frustrating when you've got a sick dog or a sick child and you're sick and people are not responding. Um, but all you can do is, you know, if you feel like you were inappropriate, is just apologize and um oh. <laughs> At least I just thought they were insensitive, Jesse. I thought they were insensitive to me. I just felt, even though I know they're short staffed, they could have spent five or ten minutes. They could have seen my dog give me some minutes. They were taking my word for it. I, I'm a longtime customer. Thank you. I, I just didn't know how to respond. I was just upset well, yesterday. And you know what? It sounds was, like they were pretty insensitive. And, and so maybe you're pointing that out was helpful. Okay. You know, sometimes you have to do that. You just have to let people know. You know, I can't wait until next Wednesday. Well, I didn't say that. I said something worse. I said, I ought to report you. I think that's nasty, but I didn't do that. I'm not going to do that. But I, but I, but I didn't I didn't apologize because I had, had to find other options quickly. Which, but, you know, I should have said I feel, I feel you I feel, I should have said I feel you were insensitive or something, I guess, right? But, I, you know, sometimes I communicate from an angry place, and I try not to do that, you know, in my old age. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, sometimes it, it catches you and... We're we're not perfect. <laughs> we we all say things that that we probably shouldn't have or whatever, and then sometimes you just have to go back and deal with it. Is apologizing a good thing to do? Like right afterwards, or I can call later. I, one time I had to, I called a day later and apologized to someone for what I said. <laughs> Same situation, work. a different situation. Well, you know, sometimes you again you you take a break, calm down. And go back and visit the the situation when you feel more calm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. The next person we have is a two four eight area code. If you can please unmute yourself. Hi, Jesse. Uh, thank you very much for this presentation. I have a different question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you deal with an impossible manager? Um, I had a situation, and I'll just be real brief about this. I was in a situation where my it didn't matter what I should do. It was never enough. It was never good enough, et cetera. I finally was seeing somebody on the outside of work to get some help, and the person finally said, you know, um, that I was under such stress at work that she thought I should take leave, okay? And I did. I finally took leave, but the the place I worked made it 
really, really horrible to get the stuff through. And my manager said to me, and this was a Miss Impossible, said, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know why you're, why you're going to be out because when you come back, it's going to be just the same as it is right now. And she was just that way. And I did take the leave. I, you know, the whole point was to get away from the situation a little bit for me and to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I came back and the manager was no better. Uh, unfortunately, I worked under for her. A little, I, I couldn't change places that I worked or I couldn't change groups. And I worked under her for a little while longer until she left and then got another impossible manager that was worse. So ah. luckily I'm not there anymore. But it's just like, you know, sometimes you're put in an impossible situation and I did everything I could to work with them and they just wouldn't work with me, which makes it very difficult. Yes, it does. And do you have um, an EAP counselor or any type of, you know, representation? Um, when I work? worked there, I probably, I, I think I did, but I would go on to somebody totally on the outside because I, I just wasn't real familiar about how to get in touch with them. And then I still would have had, probably had to do done something anyhow, um, you know, because the EAP people were, they were a separate department, but I don't think they would have worked directly with the situation. Okay. Well, you know, and again, that's, that's the last resort, but sometimes you just have to separate yourself from the situation um, because sometimes people just will not change. And you do as much as you can. And then, you know, when you feel like your emotional or physical well-being is not not safe, then you need to separate yourself from the situation as difficult as, difficult as it is. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, we have Haley. Uh, please unmute yourself. Hi there. Hello. um so okay when it's easy to step away from the situation or look for a new job you know that's definitely a solution but Mm -hmm. not so much when it's family (laughs) right exactly walk away from your family so i have a person in my family who um when i do go to this person and say i am feeling this way and i you know, I don't want you to be offended by what I'm saying, but I have this need and, you know, I'm hoping you can help me. Mm-hmm. I've had this person like get in the in the car and leave and just not talk. It's like someone who comes to visit, get in the car and just leave. Like, I don't even know what, what happened and they're just gone. And then a couple of days go by before I, I get a call. So it's hard when it's family, especially if it's a family member who... Um, you depend on to help you with certain things, mm-hmm. like you know. So, how do I address that so that my needs are met, but that this person understands that I adore them, but they've hurt me, and I need to address that without them feeling, you know, walking away feeling like broken themselves or attacked or. Yeah, that. <laughs> like I said, it is it is much more difficult when you are emotionally involved with the person and they're emotionally involved with you. It is much, much more difficult. For the first thing, if you can figure out another way to get even some of your needs met that that they that they did for you, mm-hmm. um, what they're going to find out from that is that oh. 
shouldn't need me as much. And I don't like that. Right. Uh, yeah. So even if you can get some things done that, right. you know, they they typically do for you, even if it's a little bit more difficult, go ahead and, mm-hmm. and do that. Um, but yeah, because so I can feel sort of, you know, trapped at times. And um, I mean, I'm not that I'd like to play the victim role by any means, but I, I mean, I sometimes feel that way. And and I, I can't understand the hurt because I come at it with such love. And I, you know, my intention is to let that person always know first that, you know, mm-hmm. I love you. You love you. This doesn't mean it doesn't have anything to do with how much I love you, but I don't feel loved by you when you treat, you know, when I'm treated this way. So it's hard. It's, it's my toxic thing in my life and you can't just get rid of family. <laughs> no, no. And that absolutely, you can't just get rid of you. <laughs> So, but this has been such a helpful, um, it's been such a helpful call. And I, and I apologize if I, if I misspoke earlier, but. But be sure that you express that to them. You know what? I really do care about you. And I know that you care about me. Mm-hmm. You don't really feel like they do. Just go ahead and tell them that. They may or may not respond. Um, see, I have a sister and she's kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I tell her that she won't respond. Right. Um, in two or three, to four days, maybe a week. I guess you just have to get to a point, right, that you just accept maybe that's who they are and get your needs met elsewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You have to accept that that's who they are for whatever reason. And okay. it's not about you. It's about them. Okay. Thank you. You're awesome. I, I love listening to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. And that was our last hand. Okay, well, does anybody else have any thoughts or questions or another question or something? <laughs> I I had my hand raised, uh, but but I don't know what happened. I got out of the the more you know I went more and then I canceled more so that I could hear what was going on. So I don't know if that means your hand automatically goes down. You didn't recognize my hand was up or what? Yeah, it was never up. Um, but no. happy to hear you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry about this. Um, I did double tap, but I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, technology temperamental uh, voiceover. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I was listening to a lot of what's been said, and a lot of it already got covered. Um, first of all, thank you for all your presentations because I I too appreciate them a lot. Um, there was one conflict that I well I couldn't take a break. I was on a phone call with my hearing aid specialist. Okay. And um, and he told me that um, since I didn't buy my hearing aids there, they're going to charge $65 um, every time I visit. And, like, I kind of lost. I'm like, what? $65? Well, I'm sure going to expect a lot more than, you know, what you've been able to do for me. And it just, I just, it just, it just came out. So um, he said, what do you mean you expect a lot more? What did you mean? And then I, like, then I was like, oh, what do I do now? And luckily, I, you know, I just said, well, you know, to be honest with you, I just kind of let things build up for too long. And before all this COVID stuff, I wasn't happy with the way you've been adjusting my hearing aids and the fact that you have trouble connecting your computer to my hearing aids. And I would like to see you be able to go into my uh, hearing app on my phone to try to adjust it because I originally thought that I could do all this adjusting and it's not turning out like that. So I'm sorry if I came on the way I did, but 
you know, it's been bothering me for a long time and everything was cool after that. Well, yeah. And sometimes that happens. You express how you feel. They express how they feel and everybody's okay. because. Yeah. But the thing I initially wanted to bring up was, um, okay, I know that it's real healthy when somebody says something like, um, you know, uh, that they don't like about something you did and, you know, you you know that it's healthy to say i'm sorry you feel that way mm-hmm. but when, <laughs> but when the shoe's on the other foot like with my sister um it's not like that because okay i've been seen her since this covid thing started okay she um she is pre-diabetic she has high you know it's high risk i guess and she has a boyfriend that uh friend that um you know, he would die if he got COVID because he has heart issues. Okay. So I haven't seen her since March. And it really bothers me, even though our relationship wasn't perfect before COVID. I mean, we got to get, we got along better on the phone than we did when we were in person because all these years we've been together. She never seems to know how much I can see. She can't understand why, uh, you know, different things. You know, uh, I hear better on my right side. So I have to take her right arm and how come I can't be responsible for what's on my left side and things like that. But to make a long story short, uh, I told her, you know, I miss you. She's told me she misses me, too. I said, you know, I really don't feel good about this because, you know, people that I'm not as close to will stop in front of my apartment, which is a building, which is in lockdown. It's not assisted living, but it's in lockdown. And usually, you know, I'll have somebody get something for me and I'll chat with them outside the door for five minutes or something like that. But my sister doesn't do that, you know, and I told her that it really bothers me. And her response was, well, I'm sorry that you that you feel the way, but you need to take responsibility for that. That doesn't have anything to do with me. And it ticked me off. And so I'm finding myself not calling her as much as I usually do. Because of that, because of my own, just, you know, I'm just like, you know, I just, you know, keep it in because I did, I feel like I did what I could. And I can't do anymore. Well, sometimes, you know, that's all you can do. But maybe the two of you can just move past that and, you know, talk about other things or whatever. But, yeah, that's what we've been doing. You know, we talk on the phone, we email each other. That's it. You know, okay. uh, I miss being able to go for a walk with her. You know, uh, she goes for, you know, she drives and she goes, you know, for walks in the park and stuff like that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with this COVID thing, I haven't been in anybody's car except my nail lady who picks me up. Then I sit in the back seat with the mask on, but uh, not my sister. (laughs) And I got, you know, I don't know how to, if you can't resolve an issue, what do you do with the anger? (laughs) Um. And resentment, you know. Yeah, and maybe... You can't just throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. This COVID thing has definitely, definitely changed things for everybody, or a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes all you can do is, even if it's one minute to the next minute or one hour to the next, is focus on what you can do and mm-hmm. not what you can Mm-hmm. All right. That's hard, but that, sometimes that's the only way to get through. I get it. What you can do and not what you can't. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I don't, you know, I was <laughs> hoping for more, but I, I guess, you know, miracles don't always happen. So, but thank you. I do appreciate it. 
just mm-hmm. want to confirm that that's all I can do, you know, so. Exactly. Good. And, you know, sometimes you just have to remind yourself, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> and I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to get back to focusing what I can do. All right. So I guess I should try to call her more often regardless. And you I'll can. work on that. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Or you can, yeah. you know. All you can do is what you can do. You cannot change how she feels or how she expresses herself. Or you can only change you. Okie doke. Okay, uh, David has raised his hand. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes. I just wanted to let the call... I didn't really have a question, although Jesse done a great job. I just wanted to let people know, because someone had said that they had ind- wished that more of these conversations and things were archived. We're working with ACB Radio to get these up into our podcast system. We do that for the calls, and I'm actually helping with that now, so hopefully they'll go up quicker. So I can't speak for any other calls that Jesse has done, but to the person that asked about that, I can tell you that this and probably others will be archived. So if you do want to hear another call or hear other conversation pieces, <clears throat> ACB Radio we'll be putting it in the community call podcast feed and i just wanted to put that out there so people know that there's other opportunities to hear things that go on on these calls even if you're not able to be at them all the time i just wanted to sort of represent so people would know they can hear other uh presentations okay thank you for that <laughs> sorry about that jesse i just like i got all mute happy and i'm like woohoo just mute never it's <laughs> what i do okay uh, that said i do not <laughs> i do not Let's see any more hands. All right. Well, um, if anybody does have a question or a comment, you know, feel free to ask it. We have a few more minutes. Um, and if you have any topics that you would like to cover or discuss, or if you've heard something that you want to talk about it more, um, let Cindy know at the ACB community, whatever that email is. Do you know it? <laughs> community? At acb.org. Okay. Um, send her the, the email and she will forward it to me. And then um, we'll have another conversation about something different next week. So thank you all for attending. And thank you, Lynn, for hosting. Yes, ma'am. And being my ears. 